Amen. All right, so I know we uh, know it's, it's uh, Christmas Eve, right? Um, and um, which means tomorrow's Christmas, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, I guess we could have a Christmas message, but I think it's a Christmas message in a different way. All right? Um, because we're, we're, what we were discussing around this time is Christmas, Christ Mass. So the anointed one and the anointing, a mass of the anointing. That's what the word actually means. So being smeared with the anointing. That's what Christmas actually means, right? Um, and I think we need to be smeared with the anointing because people are stressed and distracted from the anointed one and the anointing. Right now, uh, Isaiah ten twenty seven says, "The anointing is the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God." And so, you know, I was hearing on God talk and different uh, throughout the weekend in different situations. You know, people with wonderful hearts of Christ saying, "Man, you know, pray for people in this time. People deal with a lot of stress." Now, some of it is because we're caught up in commercialism, but some of it is just, you know. Uh, uh, just a missing family connection, you know, or something like that. Or uh, just, uh, uh, you know, we, we're designed to be around people, to be in fellowship, you know. It's just, you know, so some, some, some of us uh, miss the fellowship or, or miss the exchange or miss the opportunity to share, right? Um, so the the anointing kind of removes those burdens and yokes. You know, you have a sense of, of God's presence and peace, right? And so, so I, I wanted to make sure I, I focused on that because we've been talking about breaking the chains of torment and the, tor- the adversary's angle on this is, is torment is not to remove burdens and yokes, but to add them, <laughs> You know, in abundance. And the way he adds them, as we've been talking about, he accesses our minds, right? You know, uh, so, like, and, and as I've been teaching this, you know, I, you know I'm, uh, my wife was saying something this morning when we was driving. She says, you know, I've learned more at Ayers Christian Center than any church I've ever been, been at. And you know what I said? I said, me too. <laughs> like, I've learned more at Ayers Christian Center Church than any church I've been at. Not taking nothing away from Churches like you have levels, you know. I mean, I don't dog out my middle school because I learned more in high school. Don't dog out my high school because I learned more in college, right? Don't learn dog out the college because I learned more in secondary education, right? It's just that each level you kind of pick up and you learn more, and I, you know, because I'm, I'm I'm more responsible for more people and situations. I've had to learn a whole lot more, and so as we've been going through this teaching. You know, I, 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 and I'm, I'm sure a lot of you can relate uh, how we probably don't realize how much we're in our head, right? So I'm an exhaustive thinker. So listen, I, I tell my wife, you know, as we grow, like, so yeah, I realize we're in a very rare situation. We spend all of our time together. We work together. You know, we play together, we joke together, we laugh together, we process through circumstances and situations together, tough times together. Um, uh, we grow together like we, you know, um, whatever it is, it could be health, it could be maturity, it could be fear, whatever. We, we, we go through it all and we talk about it all, you know, so... If, you know, if I'm processing through stuff, hey, babe, uh, you know, I just rec- recognize this health-wise. Well, I'm glad you shared that with me. <laughs> you know, so we're, we're talking through all this stuff. Now, I said that to say, uh, so we have also have something that we learned years ago in marriage, help you to help me. You know, so it all started with the car door situation, right? You know, my wife would get mad, get in the car, you know, or get mad, get out the car. I said, I wasn't opening no car doors. So help me to help you. Don't get out of the car until I open the door. Don't get in until I open the door. But to get in and get mad, you ain't even give me a shot. <laughs> like, you know, I said, so help me to help you. You know, obviously I open car doors for her to this day. Right? 
Now, I said that to say, also, as we started to grow further and further in ministry, I said, babe, now you, it's going to be hard because, you, you know, she has an exhaustive mind too. She, you know, she'll say, babe, you know, I just, I just got to get it out. But if you get it out with me, if I hear it, I'm going to consider it, right? I'm going to step too far. Boom! <laughs> Local pastor busts his head in, during the sermon. So, uh, so what, I said, what I said was, I said, hey, if it's offered on the table, it's now a consideration. Now, I might, I might process it right, but what did I go through in processing the consideration? So let's just say you say something random, you know, and you ain't really thought it through, but you shared it. Immediately, it's in the computer now. The computer doesn't start working. Then, you know, three hours later, I don't even think I want to do that. <laughs> oh, no, no, I was, just, I was just thinking out loud, right? But what I told her is I processed through things. When we got a lot going on, I process thing. I process to how to give, who to give, how to give this, uh, uh, how to steward. Uh, at the same time, I process to uh, uh, remodeling and things of that do, right? Process to do you, do, do you comfort that person today or do you step back and let them feel it, right? So all that goes on. So I spend a lot of time casting down imagination that every high thing is all stuff against knowledge of God bringing into captivity every thought to be in Christ Jesus. I know that scripture because I spend, I use it a lot. I was using it all day today. Not, it wasn't no bad things. It's just a lot of things. And I was like, Lord, I want to be locked in on you. When I say I, I, I shut out everything, or whether it's Saturday or whatever, I'm shutting out everything because I want to make sure God is speaking. I'm locked into what he's saying, and you get what he's saying unfiltered. All that noise is going to get in the way. Does that make sense? Now, I'm not the only one that should do that, especially if you're coming in God's house. You want to shut out a lot of noise so you can absorb what God's saying. Now, but some people don't set themselves apart on, on Saturday. What do they do? They, they, the Saturday is when they start to take on noise, right? right. Because the world tells us Saturday is the day where you do everything, yeah. even though really it's supposed to be a Sabbath day, Amen. right? Amen. You know, they just, just relax a little bit, all right? All right, so, so, I'm, uh, so, 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 see, 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 yeah, it's something to think about, right? Like, we shut down, like, if you come to our house, ain't nothing going on on Saturday. You would think it's fast week, all right, um, for a reason. And, you know, if I get everything done, I might look at something. You know, I might watch something on the TV, but if you walk in the house, you'd be like, there's no noise because I'm, I'm, I got worship playing the whole time, All right? Now, I said that to say because we're getting to the end of the year, so we're going to be talking about the vision, and we're going to spend most of January talking about the vision. So, so Wednesday, I might even talk about breaking the chains of torment because we've been talking about this at the end of the year for a reason. Because we've been carrying a lot of weight and baggage with us around every year. Listen, you know, the best of Christians got a lot of noise in their head, right? You, you, you want me to bring people up one by one and let them know what's going on in their head? All right. Hey, listen, you know, the best of, best of Christians can just see your face and create 10 stories, right? Just, just looking at your face. And if you look at my face, you're probably going to create like 25 stories because, you know, you probably, you know, you know, just my, I take, I'm taking on a lot in, in some minutes, I'm taking on a lot. So my body is reacting to what I'm taking on, but my spirit man is making the right move. But the right moves haven't, already, haven't always come to the surface yet because I'm, I'm, I'm processing through a, a lot of stuff, y'all, right? Not, it's not bad, not bad stuff. It's just a lot of stuff, right? Right? Because I actually do care, believe it or not. 
I'm mindful. I pray for all y'all today. Right? All, all, all yous. <laughs> right? Um, not just today. I mean, I pray for y'all all the time. <laughs> you know, it ain't just today. You know, like, well, I took the time out today to really make it special and pray for y'all. No, I'm always like, um, and so, you know, as you go through prayer, you're mindful of certain situations. All right. All right. So, 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 so that's why we're, we're spending extra time on breaking those chains of torment because uh, sometimes, you know, it's, it's good to strategize and, you know, for logistics, I'm a logistics person. Put me in a room, I'm automatically looking at how the puzzle's supposed to go together. Right? Like, like I see this entire campus, not just now, but seven years from now. Like, I see it. I'm, I'm t- no, listen. It, for some people that don't process that way, you're like, does he see, see it, see it? No, I see it. Like, I actually see what goes here, what goes there. Before we did all this stuff that we've done here, I actually saw it clearly. You know, we was having a conversation. <laughs> I still make adjustments, right? We was having a conversation when we was going to paint. Now, the reality is painting a building that hasn't been painted, and you, you pick a color once it's painted. Because you ain't painting a wall. You're painting a building. But I saw it. I had already saw it. And my wife was like, you sure, babe? Right? Remember we was having the conversation? Like, maybe they should paint it first. <laughs> we could see how it looks. <laughs> right? But, but it's something's in my head where I see it. Right? And so, so what I'm saying is like, so, so I'm, sometimes when I'm in a room, I'm with everybody in the natural. But in the spirit, I'm not just there. Because I see other things. Like I've, I've sat back there and watched people preach and I've seen their future. Like past week, I've actually sat, sat there and go, whoa. Like I, we'd be back there, I was like, you know, so, so smile be on my face or something. I was like, uh-oh. I see it. See, and once I lock in, now I know how to serve that person along the way. All right, now all this is going to make sense here soon. All right. Now, now we talked about four important things about the spiritual enemy that we deal with, right? And we took it from uh, Ephesians 6.10, right? So we talked about, I'm, I'm going to run through the things we already talked about, but we talked about principalities. Remember us talking about principalities, right? And we said they're, they're rulers assigned to territories or jurisdictions of princes, rank and organization. Do you remember us talking about that? And we said, well, I used Daniel 10 where Daniel prayed, and the prince of Persia, or the principality, the archangel of that area, stopped Gabriel from coming to give Daniel the message. He says, man, I came, you know, but I was held up for 21 days. You know, we always talk about the Daniel fast, right? I was held up, you know, uh, there, I got some resistance, right? Right? So there's this people over, uh, have a jurisdiction to are assigned to you, Right? Right? Or demons, rather. Then we talked about powers. Now we talked about authority, authorities or authorization, right? We said demons are given territory and also given the authority. So you have the territory, but you move when you have the authority to, to, to act on that person's life. There was demons assigned to Job. Well, the devil actually himself went to Job, right? Uh, but he had to what? He had to get permission or he had to be authorized to do anything with Job. Remember that? Job chapter 1. We don't have to go through that, but Job chapter 1. He came, it says, it says he came with the other angels, right? He showed up with the other angels because he's a fallen angel. But, you know, remember he was Lucifer. Yep, Job chapter 1, right? All right, so I said, so, but, but we talked about we should be encouraged because we have more authority than any authority any demons could ever have. Because what? Great is he is what? That's in us, then he that's in the world, right? That's 1 John 4, 4. So, so now, now this is going to be important because that's not something that we should just be quoting. That's something that has to be a realization for us. So anything that comes out, you know how you know to pray? But sometimes you don't pray. You think you prayed, but it never came out your mouth, right? 
Just like sometimes when you're talking to people, you think you gave them all the information in your head, but you gave them what? The tagline? And then you go, well, you know what I meant. Well, you probably started in here, but it never came out your mouth. But if that other piece came out your mouth, it would be clear to me. Right? Well, it's the same thing. Like, if you, you can know the scripture, greatest he's in me. But if it's not real to you, you'll be in situations where you're allowing things that you have authority over. Right? Like, you, you actually have authority. Like, the, you can do some things, but you'll be tolerating things that you don't even have to deal with. Yes. Oh, you got me? All right, so, so. I'm going to line all this up for us. All right? Because we just, we ain't caring. See, we talk, you know, we're not like other people. We ain't just talking about what we're going to do. I'm sorry, you know. I, I, remember I told you things about how my mind is? When people talking outside and, and we talking in here, that throw me. Sometimes, because I'll be like, what could be more important than what God is talking about in the church? Right? All right, so that's just me. I'll just let y'all know how I think. You know, if somebody moving around, I'm like, I wonder what they got to do that's more important than what God is saying. This is how my mind is, right? I don't get mad. I just be like, interested. (laughs) You know, so I guess you can afford to miss what God got to say. All right, so... (laughs) Don't walk around convicted. Be like, pastor's probably thinking, listen, pastor's thinking a lot of things, but he don't indict nobody, all right? All right, so, so, so this authority that we have comes through salvation, right? The power comes through baptism of the Holy Spirit. So once we accept Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we have, we, we have a level of authority, right? Um, but, but, because, but it's through Christ, right? Because now I'm, I'm, I'm buried in Christ, right? What uh, that the powers comes through baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's where the gifts come, right? Words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophecy, gift of faith, the gift of healing, the working of miracles, right? First, First Corinthians uh, twelve. That's you know the nine gifts, right? Right. Discerning of spirits, right? Right. Right. Gift of tongues and utterance and things of those nature, right? So that comes from baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, so we talked about how the adversary understanding that, that God has given us a level of authority and he's, he's affording us a level of power. We said how the adversary knows, okay, really he can't stop us, but he's, he, if he can get in our head, he can confuse us. He can get us to be what? Double-minded or two-souled, right? Remember we talked about that? We says the double-minded man is what? Unstable, Unstable in all some of his ways. Two of his ways. Now, if the person is unstable in all their ways, do it looks like they're unstable in all their ways to them? Not all the time, right? Because they're they're normally operating unstably. So so think about this. How do you? uh, I was gonna have this conversation with somebody close to me. So I'm having a conversation with the person. I said, Hey, this is the best way to handle. Because they're asking me, right? Hey, how how, how should I handle this this way? Oh, you just do this. Man, I see that. But, but then they'll do something, and I'm like, so, 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 this, so just, this is just last night. I said, I got to ask that person, what are you thinking when you do that? Now, I already know. It's a default. They're not saying, I ain't doing what you're saying, because they really do agree with it. Right? But their default, their autopilot, their subconscious has been infiltrated. And so... They do something else without thinking about it, right? And so this is what's happening here. You know, you hear the word, oh, that's it, I get it. And then you do the total opposite. You realize I'm all over the place. I, you know what it is, Pastor Mal? I'm just all over the place. I need to, I'm going to stop being all over the place. So what? I realize that, right? The next thing I do is not just all over the place, it's like I'm all over the place and all over the place that I'm all over. Right? So it's like, you just said, I don't need to be all over the place. But is it you that are trying to be not all over the place? It's their default. 
Why are we doing things that we said we would not do anymore? Not because ah, I'm just going to choose something different. It's destroying me. Why are we still doing those things? Why do we keep running from the kingdom? Finding things to do when you know everything that's going to fulfill you is in the kingdom. Because there's something inside that's causing us to be too sold or double-minded. Right? Now, Revelation says in Revelation 3.15, we have no spiritual use. You think that's God's goal? To send his son to die for us so we'll be of no spiritual use. Now we can, we can, listen, we can get, we, uh, we, me and my wife was talking about this. We can get all the money in the world and be of no spiritual use. See, that's the thing. Like, so I know people with multi, multi, whatever. Listen, some of those people are phenomenal people, and if anything about God shows up, they adjust their flow to receive and submit to the things of God. I know people, they think the money equates to authorization. So, so that means because I got money, whatever I say is law. They think money approves them. But the Bible says gain is not godliness. Money don't approve you, God does. You can have all the money in the world with no authority and no power, Amen. right? And so this is the thing, like, we, we were talking about this because I, I know some people, they're struggling in their minds because they, as we talked about the money point of view teaching, that money, they think money, money, money says it's okay. Whatever I do, money says it's okay. My kids don't have to grow in the Lord as long as I put them in a position to get money because money, money says it's okay. Money don't give you authority. Demons are wreaking havoc. You see people that you know that are top celebrities, top athletes, they done lost their minds. Literally done lost their minds. I'm I'm not going to, I was picturing somebody I just saw the other day wearing something. I was like, what are you doing? But anyway, but but why? Because the adversary has their minds. What profit a man to gain the whole world, lose his soul, lose his choices. Have all the recesses to impact the kingdom, but are, is only destroying the kingdom. All right, all right, so stay with me, stay with me there. So we have no spiritual use. We learned that in Revelation 3.15, and I forgot the version. Uh, it might have been a classic Amplified or something, all right? It was the Amplified. Thank you. Thank you very much, man. All right. So, so, so I, I don't think we hit number three. I think we just hit one and two last week. Right? Yeah. So, so number three is rulers of darkness of this world. Rulers of darkness of this world. Now, now look, this is different. So this is lords of the world or little g gods of the world, or prince of the age. So this is not just a principality. This is not just a location. But it's a, it's, it's, it's a location within an age or, or, or a period of time or a dispensation or a culture. So they're, 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 just remember, God sits on the outside of time. In the spirit realm, you're outside of time. So, so these, these are spirits that's been assigned to affect different cultures, right? So, 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 so rulers of darkness of this world. It's a little different, right? Right, so, so and, and that's why the scripture says uh, 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 Satan is the little God or the God of this world. Second, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, right? So it's imperative that we recognize Satan as a defeated foe. He is stripped of his power and his kingdom. We have every right to treat him as a trespasser because Jesus died, paid the price, and gave us back those rights that Adam and Eve gave up, right? So this is the other thing. 
Demon spirits have no legal right to our vessels. We've been bought with a price. Our life is not our own. So glorify God in your, your body and in your spirit. 1 Corinthians 6.20, right? All right, they have no legal right to our vessels. They may trespass, but we are ready to take initiative to give them notice and eviction you must leave. So this is what I was saying earlier. If you don't know your rights, if you don't know your authority, you tolerate or allow spirits hanging out on the inside of you. They can't hang inside of you. You have authority. Like, can't nobody just bum rush your, your vessel unless you let them, right? Does that make sense? So they must leave. It's no negotiations once you bind them or once you tell them to leave. You don't have to get stick your chest out or get worked up. You don't have to get emotional. It's real simple. You out of here. Right? It's just, it's just plain and simple. It's a matter of factly. This is, this is one thing I've, I've learned. Like, so when I, when I worked in corrections, uh, you know, New York and in, in, in Ohio, there's a culture of... <laughs> It's an air of intimidation. So, so, so the effective people are the genuine people. The fronting people, if they're convincing, they may have some clout. The fearful people destroy the whole system. Workers as well as inmates. Fearful people must just mess up everything. Because one, they're always causing trouble because they let people take advantage of them if they're inmates. And they always cause, cause them trouble. They let people take advantage of them if they're staff. Like, like the staff was the biggest problem for me as a supervisor. Not, not the people that was locked up. It was the staff. Like, what are you doing? Like, you have the authority here. Look, what are you doing? You have the authority here. What are you doing? You have the authority here. Y'all still think I was talking about the inmate. Right. All right. So, so for me... I come into an environment, and I remember uh, I was there for like three weeks. You suppose your probation period is supposed to be longer. So after th three weeks, they put me on a unit. It was, it was 61. This was maximum security for youth. It was 61 youth, and it was me. And so I'm walking up to my assignment saying, these people have lost their mind today, haven't they? But I have a philosophy in life. I've shared it before. If they expect you to do it, it must be done. There ain't nobody coming. I'm not going to be relieved. I'm just going to have to figure this out. So I go in there, and of course, I'm the new guy, right? They're testing to see what? If they can get over. Now we got 61 kids here. So this is what I told them. I said, listen, man, you know what? If y'all all got together, y'all could just run me. I said, but you know what? Y'all ain't going to do that because y'all don't know how to get together. So now sit down and do what I told you to do. Guess what they did? They sat down and did what I told them to do. What the, what the, I told them the truth. They actually could have got together. I can't do nothing with 61. Tenfold would have been some trouble. <laughs> I'd have put up a fight. But <laughs> <laughs> Get off of me! I'm for the fight, but it still would have been trouble, right? <laughs> so, so I was picturing that. So, so, so. <laughs> but I knew something. See, see, when I told them what I told them, I knew that I knew that I knew. Their brain short-circuited. Did he just told us what we could do to take advantage of him? See, he's trying to trick us, man. He's trying to trick us. You ain't tricking us. You ain't getting us in trouble. No, I actually told him the truth. No one believes the truth. I told him the truth. Nothing they expecting to hear. And when I told him to do what I told him to do, in authority, they did it. Because guess what? I was the authority. I don't care what situation you're in. Listen, man, 
Let's, listen, I, I, <laughs> I was in a situation where I thought it was a riot. <sighs> These kids all over the place. Defining moment. I said, if I don't handle this right, I'm going to be the guy that caused it, that, that they had a riot on. I took a, a plastic tray. I threw it up to the ceiling and split. I told him, sit down. Right? I said it a different way. I can tell you I said it, but I said it a different way. They all sat down. <laughs> right? But I was fronting. I just did what I needed to do to get them to do what I needed them to do. Do you understand what you got to do when these demons are bum-rushing you? Like, like, come on. You got to use authority. Somebody said, just throw a tray. <laughs> who, who said that? <laughs> See? We're going to throw a tray, right? That's what we know. That's all you got out of it. Not exercise authority. Just throw a tray. <laughs> to be at the house. To be like, I threw a tray. <laughs> Demon's still at the house. I don't understand. It was customized for what I was dealing with, the demons that was inside of them. Right? It's not one cookie cutter was customized. Never threw a tray ever again. Never had to. They were beating up correction officers. So there was, I guess there was a, we got a hit on such and such. We got a hit on such and such. So they just kept saying they had a hit, right? So they were locked up. The place was locked down. Nobody can come out. But they had to go to the restroom. So that means you got to open the cell. And, and, and the cell that most people didn't want to open was the door. Because that might have been 10 deep. Right? So, but it's our job. So you know what I did that day? I went in. I start opening doors. Up. I said, okay, well, I need you to pick up your mattress and another. All right, line up. We're going to go to the bathroom. All right, we're going to go one at a time when you finish. I need you to come out and do this, that, and the other. I, every cell I went in there. I said, okay, hey, 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 come on, let's, let's go. You know, now, before I opened the cell, you next, Mr. Bradley, you next. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Roundtree, you on our list too. So, so they, they, they're behind the cells telling the people that's on the next list to be hit. You know, because, you know, last night, they got out, hit some, punched somebody, took his keys. They only could run around the building. You can't get out. You know, because they got to buzz you out. You know, so you just got their keys running around the building. Right? <laughs> this just makes no sense. But anyway, so now it's like, you next, you next. In the midst of that noise, I just went in. I didn't go, what you say? I it was almost as if they weren't talking. Because I went in, opened the cell. All right, let's go. All right, let's go. Now, come on, hurry up. Now, this is the guy that everybody in the whole place is scared of. Even the inmates are scared of him. All right, hurry up. Man, 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 I told you you had, how many, how many minutes I tell you you had? Let's go. No, not, yeah, y'all going to do what I tell you. I tell you, do something. Do something. Do something here. Do, no. I didn't start foaming at the mouth. Why? I have authority. And I can exercise that a matter-of-factly. Because when I do it a matter-of-factly, that means I know I have authority. If I have the posture, I don't, I'm not really sure. So I want to add to, I want to add some self to God's authority. I want to add some front to God's authority. Knowing looks like knowing. There's a peace with knowing, okay? All right, so we're talking about, oh, so, so we have to operate in, with intolerance. We can't be tolerating things that we can remove. There's just things you tolerate in your life because you don't know you can fix it. <laughs> it's something simple. We always tell the story of the boiler. I didn't know it was just a reset button. So we tolerate having no heat and an electric bill going up to $800 using the stove and the baseboard heaters when all we had to do was follow my wife's advice and have somebody come in and look at it. I was like, nah, it's going to cost too much. 
$25 assessment, reset button, which took all the two seconds to push. Cost me $800. Okay. Yeah. See, I, I put myself out there so y'all can laugh at me. So now we can, maybe y'all could, you can laugh at me, learn from me, so we don't have to laugh at you. What are you tolerating? How deep are you in debt? See, 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 on the front end, y'all laughed. I said, deep in debt, I, I saw some smiles leaving. What are you tolerating? Mmm. Right, so, so, so we, have to be in, we have to have an intolerance. Now, that's your, your I think it's, is it Mark chapter 11, verse 12? Let me see. Let's look, let's look real quick, okay? So we're going to go into the new year with an intolerance for the things that we've had a tolerance for. Some of the, the, the weights, the burdens, and the pain. Some of the relationships, right, that we think we need to tolerate because we think our value is in their approval. That is a lie. So it's, it's not Mark, so it must be Matthew, let me see. For some reason, maybe I should stop confessing it. I've been getting this wrong. For years, let me see. Matthew, eleven, twelve. I don't know why I keep doing Mark. I probably gave y'all Mark, so don't put it up. <laughs> I gave you Mark, didn't I? Yeah. All right, so it's Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. Now, this is interesting. From the days of John the Baptist until now, it didn't say, it says, it didn't say before John the Baptist. It says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. Right? So it's saying the kingdom of, of heaven, it says God's realm has been suffering, allowing infiltration. And it says, and look, it says, and the violent tried to take it by force. So, so, so this scripture is saying we're supposed to have to have a forceful or a passion. Like th there's a high ground in this, this spiritual war that the adversary is forcefully trying to get so he can control our lives, all his demons. We can't casually see him trying to get the high ground and we're just doo -doo -doo -doo. <laughs> he got me again. No, we have to be diligent, disciplined and passionate about making sure he doesn't get the high ground of our lives. Right? We have to be intentional. We have to be intolerant. So some, some, some people are germophobics, right? Might be some germophobics in this room. And so the germophobics are what? Oh, don't touch that. Don't touch that. Put that down. Oh, here, here. You, you, you know, uh, let, me, let me get a, uh, let me use your bottle of water. Bottle, I'll use this real quick. Is that cool? Yeah. All right. So, so, so I put that. <laughs> like, I mean, everything. Hey, hey, hey. You touch that. You know, every little, you know, every little thing, you spraying everything. Right? So what is? They're intolerant to germs. Right? We agree with that? But we okay with all this demonic stuff that's trying to run, run rapid in our life? We spraying that out? What you say? Casting it down. We supposed to be doing in the name of Jesus, Right? He didn't just say cast it down. He emphasized in the name of Jesus. I, I saw it. It was like, in the name of Jesus. It was almost like, I'm tired of this mess. That's the, that's the face you had. Like, like, I'm tired of this mess. And I'm, I'm going to use the name of Jesus. I'm going to overly use the name of Jesus if it's such a thing. Blood of, blood of Jesus, name of Jesus, blood of Jesus, name of Jesus, blood of Jesus, name of Jesus, blood of Jesus. I can't say it enough. I'm doing it like I'm spraying. 
these germs, right? Yeah, we rely on all these spiritual germs. <laughs> oh, sorry, let me give you back your water. Sorry about that. But you gonna spray your water because I touched it? <laughs> you, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, like we gotta be intolerant to these uh, these spiritual germs, right? All right, let's go to Colossians two. I'm going to read 6 through 15, but I'm going to read it from the Amplified. The Amp, as Pastor Mel will quote. That's her, that's her, that's her a little. Venetia's Amp C, Pastor Mel is Amp. <laughs> Look, growing up, only time I heard Amp is when you're thinking about your music systems. How many Amps? <laughs> All right. All right, so, I'm gonna, so Colossians 2, 6 through 15, reading out of the Amplified. It says, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord. Now, this is assuming you've received Christ, right? Walk in union with him, reflecting his, so as I'm walking in union with him, reflecting his character in the things you do and say, living lives that lead others away from sin, having been deeply rooted in him, and now I'm being continually built up in him. So, so once I get rooted in him, now I'm being built up in him, right? And becoming increasingly more established in your faith, in your faith, I'm sorry, just as you were taught and overflowing in it with gratitude. So establish your faith just as you were taught and overflow in, in, in this with gratitude. It's a see to it that no one takes you captive how many people? See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, pseudo-intellectual babble. This is what's happening in our culture now. People are hearing intellectual babble being held captive, and they turn that into their new religion or their new stance or their new thing that they're, they're going to get posters and protests for, Right? It says, all right, so it says, don't, it says, it says, now I'm gonna go back. See to it that no one takes you captive. How could they take you captive? Through philosophy, empty deception, that's, that's pseudo intellectual babble, right? According to the tradition and musings of mere men, following the elementary principles of this world, rather than following the truth, the teachings of Christ, for in him all the fullness of deity, the Godhead, dwells in bodily form, completely expressing the divine essence of God, right? It says, in him you have been made complete. You have what you need, achieving spiritual, achieving spiritual stature through Christ. And he is the head over all rule and authority of every angelic and earthly power. In him, you were also circumcised with the circumcision, not made by hands, but by the spiritual circumcision of Christ in stripping off of the body of the flesh, the sinful carnal nature, having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him to a new life through your faith in the working of God as displayed when he raised Christ from the dead. When you were dead in your sins, and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, worldliness uh, and the manner of life, God made you alive together with Christ, having freely forgiven all our sins, having canceled our, out the, cert, uh, the certificate of debt, sorry, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of legal demands which were enforced against us, which were hostile to us, meaning that certificate says because of your sin, you should die. And this certificate he has set aside and completely removed by nailing it to the cross. When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities. So all those that had, had, had authorization powers and were assigned to different uh, principalities or jurisdictions in our life, right? It says those supernatural forces of evil, evil operating against us. He made a public example of them. It, exhibiting them as captives in his triumphal procession, having triumphed over them through the cross. So here you got, we were living this life bound. Christ died to free us up. 
and he made a show openly of all these demonic influences that tried to run our lives. So, 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 so it's almost like if you can picture it, they, you know, when they do a procession or like a parade, it was like a parade for his victory. And in the parade, there was a, you remember back in the day, they had the Westerns with the, uh, the horses carrying in the, almost like the mini jail with the people on the inside. <laughs> so he had all, all the demons inside locked up and chained, almost in the parade, almost displaying, y'all ain't got to worry about them no more. The scripture says in Galatians, why would you fall again to the weak and beggarty elements where you desire again to be in bondage? After you have been made free, Galatians 4, I believe it's 8, 9, right? See, Jesus says something. He declared that the strong man's armor has been taken away from him. Let's look here, Luke 11. Luke 11. I believe it's Luke 11. Hopefully I got that right. Luke 11, and I believe it is verse, well, I want to focus on verse 20. Yeah, we'll just start at 20, uh, Luke 11, verse 20. It says, but, but if, if, it says, but if I with the finger of God cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. When the strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he taketh from him all his armor wherein he trusted and divideth his spoils. And this was after he was talking about Satan is divided and Beelzebub and all that stuff. So Jesus said, hey, I done took the strong man's armor. This means Satan is made completely defenseless. Right now, he is completely defenseless. So his only tool is this to deception to make you think he has more power than he has. He can only trick you. He can't do nothing to you. Right? So if he's completely defenseless, that means we're not supposed to be tolerating someone with no authority trying to run our lives. So that's why the scripture says, take on the whole armor of God, right? Let's look at uh, Ephesians 6. Pastor Mel um, has been referencing this in overcoming the enemy in the um, Master Life Discipleship uh, Victory class. Uh, so go, please go back and watch those videos, 915s last four or five weeks, I believe it was. I, uh, Ephesians 6.10 says, finally. Now, now, finally is like, all right, now <laughs> we're here. It says, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and what? In the power of his might. It says, put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to what? Stand against the wiles of the devil. Those are tricks. He didn't say stand against... Anything else is his tricks, his deceptions. This is for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now, if the devil was like physically or could just strong arm you, he would have been like, punch him in the face. <laughs> he said, but we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. We talked about that against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual weakness in high places. We'll get to that in a second. I think we have a few minutes to get to that. It says, where, it says wherefore take up unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all the stand, stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth, breastplate of righteousness, your feet shot with the preparation of gospel. Y'all know that around here, right? So he's telling us to take on armor. It says the weapons of our warfare are not carnival, mighty through God through the pulling down strongholds, right? Our weapons are spiritual. And once we can see in the spirit, we won't allow ourselves to be tolerate nonsense. See, God's weapon for the remedy for victory over demonic pressures or deceptions is spiritual warfare. 
This means be spiritually armored. Right? Look, because look, look, it says, it says, take on the whole armor of God. So I guess I have to read it now. It says, having your loins girt about with truth. If I'm walking in truth, lies don't fool me. Having on a blessed plate of righteousness, living in righteousness, that's, that's, what's on, that's what's covering my heart. Breastplate, that's what's covering my heart, right? It says, my feet shod with the preparation of, preparation of the gospel of peace. If I'm in this word, I'm walking in peace. He'll keep them in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on him. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind, right? Above all, taking the shield of faith, right? Wherewith you shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked, the twisted. Anything that the demons throw at you. If you have your shield of faith up, it'll extinguish any dart. You know, Pastor Mel gave the example of how back in the day they would, they would attach uh, uh, sometimes like a cloth and put um, uh, oil or liquid on it that's flammable. And they would light it. So it would be fiery darts because they didn't just want the dart to hit you. They wanted to burn you up, right, from the inside out, right? But, but what it's saying is they, they, will, they will put a substance on the shield to quench the fire, right? So it will put, put the fire out. So that, that faith quenches any fire deception that the adversary throws, throws at you, Right? So it's a shield of faith where we should be equipped for. It says, and take on the helmet of salvation. See, if I have this helmet on, I have a wholeness, right? I have a sound mind, right? So, 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 so I have, if, I have if, if I'm constantly mindful of who I am in Christ as a person that's saving the authority I have, listen, these thoughts don't get in my mind. I don't have the spirit of fear, but power, love, and the sound mind, a clear thinking mind, right? And it says, in the sword of the spirit, which is what? The word of God. I'm cutting through all that nonsense. That's what Jesus did when he was tempted. It is written. It is written. It is written. It is written. But if you don't know what's written, you ain't saying it's written. Jesus didn't even like get it worked up. It is written. Man said, I live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. He, uh, when he got to the end, he says, even you supposed to bow down to God. You ain't got no authority. Like, why are, you, why are you rolling to me? You trying to get me to bow down to you? Bow down to what? Because what I submit to, I draw from. You ain't got no authority. Right? So, so, so we have to see things a whole nother way in our process. Uh, uh, Mark 8, 31, 32. Please write it down because it's just for the sake of time. Uh, it says, if we're, if, it says, and he spake, uh, oh, hold on. I'm going to have to go there. Sorry. Not sorry, you can't be sorry going to the word, but I didn't honor what I just said. All right, so Mark 8, 31 through 32. And it says, and he be, I know I'm going a little fast, and I just want to finish up. And it says, and he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of elders and of the chief priests and of the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. And he spake that saying openly, and Peter took him and began to rebuke, rebuke him, right? But, but when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou savest not the things be of God, but the things that be of men. Now, if we're warned right, the Christian is not vulnerable at any point, while the devil is, is vulnerable at every point. If, we, if we're operating the way we're supposed to, we're never vulnerable, but the devil's always vulnerable. He's been flipping the script. We've been vulnerable, and he's been not, right? So he's been allowed to do stuff that we're not supposed to be tolerating. But I noticed something. When, he, when, when, when Peter did what he did, he wasn't just responding personally. It said he looked at his disciples and he realized I have to respond to Peter in a way for them to understand why we can't tolerate that. It was about the whole picture. So sometimes I may get flagged. So let's, we could be on a call. We could, be, we could be out here preaching. We could be putting on something. I may get flagged because I have to address it because now it's, it's going to have a public impact. 
You see what I'm saying? And that's what he was doing. He's like, oh, no, 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 we can't. If I, if I let this go, and then how did he respond? He didn't respond to Peter. He responded to what was influencing Peter. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. He didn't say Peter, right? Right? <laughs> and and I, I thought that was powerful that he did that. He was showing us how we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. I'm not taking a person personal, but I am going to take that spirit personal. What you doing here and why are you trying to influence somebody I care about? You see that? He put the devil in his place. This is what we need to do, right? All right, so just so we, so uh, at least we can finish this part up today. The fourth thing is spiritual wickedness in high places. Spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, this wickedness is, is highly, uh, uh, the word is called injurious, or it's destructive character, right? Because the wicked or the twisted only know destruction, though disguised as angels of light, right? But, but how many times you've been around people that present themselves one way, uh, but they're really wicked? Uh, so, so the movie I could think about is The Hand of Rocks the Cradle, right? So, so, I mean, this girl had the husband thinking the wife was crazy. And the wife was like, no, no, no. People like that get on my nerves, like, don't fall for it. Like, like movies like that, sometimes I'll be fast forward. And I was like, you ain't going to fall for this again, are you? You know what I'm saying? I was watching something the other day, and they were trying to make the person think they was crazy. So then they was, they was no, they lying. I was like, no, that's not going to work. Because you're acting crazy to try to prove that you're not crazy. They're going to lock you up. Relax. Come, you calm down. Like, you can't just be going off. Though. They're lying. They're lying. They lie. Get off of me. Oh, no. They, 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 they injected the person with all types of serum and stuff like that. I said, no. I'm, now I'm watching the movie. I'm like, no, what you doing? Don't go for it. Or the person goes off and you go to their house. They've been setting you up the whole time. I'm like, man, turn around. Why are you going to the person's house? What happens is we react, right? And, and so this is saying that these, these wicked, twisted behavior, they're showing one thing, but they're really something else happening on the inside. So we have to be discerning because the Bible says the thief comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. Why is he stealing first? He's trying to sneak our lives away. It's not going to be up front. It's subtle, right? Right, so you have to be sharp, right? Still kill and destroy, right? Right? And then the scripture says in Mark chapter 4 that Satan, when you get the word, that's, that's your weapon, right? It's your sword, right? It says he tries to steal it immediately. And then it says, is, then he tries, to get you, he tries to take it away first. But if that doesn't work, he tries to get you offended. Take it away. Right? Everything, and if it gets root, he tries to say, okay, well, the word done got in him, done got rooted. So he sends the cares of the world, have you all over the place, deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things to enter in and choke the word, as long as it don't produce fruit. Right? Jack you up the whole time. So, 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 so some of us ain't getting the word at all because he's taking it right away. Some of us... If you get a little bit of word, he gets you offended. You leak that word out right away. But some of us sit around and the word gets in. And it's not, when we said, just, don't just be a hearer of the word, be a doer of the word. The word actually gets in. So then he sends the cares of the world, have you all over the place thinking you're going to save everybody. Right? Deceitfulness of riches, having, having you think you're going to get rich soon. And the lust of other things. We don't have to go through that, right, do we? It says those things enter in and choke the word. Look at when our word has been choked. Look at when our life has been stifled. One of those three things has happened. It's been the cares of the world. You, you trying to be a rescue ranger. Right? Deceitfulness of riches. You trying to be like the Monopoly guy. Right? And the lust of other things. I'm not going to give you an example for that because there's nothing positive in that one. Right? All right, so, so remember, we talked about this, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you this uh, so we can see. Uh, it's got like just a couple of minutes here. It says uh, Genesis 3, Genesis 6, 3. I know we read Genesis 6, 5, right, when it said, you know, God was this little t- 
tired of man, right? Remember Genesis 6, 3, it says, then the Lord said, my spirit shall not forever dwell and strive with man, for he is also flesh, but his days shall yet be 120. Before that, people was living 960, 70 years. Now, why did he say that? Because he recognized I'm setting things up for my spirit to guide man so forth to be heaven on earth. But because they're flesh and they're yielding to their flesh, they're becoming double-minded. So they're not be following the leading of my spirit. They're following their fleshly desires. He says, no, and he, he says, he says, so I'm trying to guide them. He says, but I'm, I'm God. I made you. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and strive with you for 800 years. <laughs> I know we won't be doing that. <laughs> I don't see how that played out. That movie plays out, right? He says, so, 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 so he moved everybody's years back to 120 at the time. See, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He's constantly striving for us to repent from the lie, the delusion. The Bible says don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Why should he have to strive? They that are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. So we have to stop being, allowing our flesh and, the, and the, the spirits that's influencing our flesh, the evil spirits, stop us from actually just walking in the Spirit, floating in the Spirit. I almost don't want to give this scripture right now because I'm going to use this for the... Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to give you that scripture. Because I'm gonna use that for uh, for the New Year's, so all right. so you'll hear the scripture coming soon to a church near you. All right, so 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 this is the thing. We're going into a new year, right? So look at your vessel as a ship on its way to fulfillment. Okay, but. When you dock at the harbor, they're going to check to see, do you have any fugitives? If you do, you don't get to enter into fulfillment land. Okay? You see, you got me so far. So, the end of the year, God has been making sure before we get to the harbor of fulfillment, all the fugitives that we've been carrying around, all little demon spirits, we remove them because we've been harboring these fugitives. We've been carrying them around with us, right? And so, we, so, 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 so his hope is that we'll walk in the spirit, not fill the lust of flesh. I'm, I'm going to end with this. I'll share this with you. Um, because this is, this is, we're not just trying to get the devil out. We're trying to keep him out, okay? Uh, so I read this, and I thought this would be fitting. It says, you put the devil out, but did you let him leave his bags, right? So you got out of a bad relationship because it was bad but you are still resentful and angry. You let the devil leave his bags. You got out of financial debt, but you still can't control the desire to spend on frivolous things. You let the devil leave his bags. You got out of a bad habit or addiction, but you still long to try it just one more time. You let the devil leave his bags. You said, I forgive you, but you can't seem to forget and have peace with that person. You let the devil leave his bags. You, t- you told your unequally yoked mate that it was over, but you still continue to call. You let the devil leave his bags. You got out of that horribly oppressive job, but you are still trying to sabotage the company after you left. You let the devil leave his bags. You cut off the affair with that married man or woman but you still lust after him or her. You let the devil leave his bags. You broke off your relationship with that hurtful, abusive person, but you are, you are suspicious and distrusting of every new person you meet. You let the devil leave his bags. You decided to let go of the past hurts from growing up in an unstable environment, yet you believe you are unworthy of love from others and you refuse to get attached to anyone. Guess what? You let the devil leave his bags. When you put the devil out, please make sure he takes his bags. (laughs) 
something to think about. No, I didn't write that. That wasn't for me. Huh? Yeah, it wasn't for me. I, I, I even forgot where I got it from. But when I saw it, I said, oh, this is perfect. And I actually saw it while I was working on the teaching. I said, right? And it's fitting because a lot of times we're carrying around this residue. Right? We're carrying around the bags. We're storing different things. We haven't totally let the thing go. You know? We're still trying to prove to them. You let the devil leave his bags. Why are you trying to prove to them? You done moved on. So what? Right? You're not playing off of them. You're playing off of God. Right? All right. Something to think about. Stand to your feet. That's all. <laughs> That's all.